we're trying out a, a new mic thing. I, I really do better when my hands are free. If, if, if this doesn't work, I'll go back to regular mic. But I, uh, I, I, I have a strong teaching anointing this morning uh, that I want to share with you. Uh, so I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 16. The presence of the Lord is indeed here, uh, and we honor him for his presence. This is ripe for preaching and teaching. This is just the atmosphere you need for the word of God to go forth with authority. Luke chapter 16, verse number 19, and I will go all the way to 31. Luke chapter 16, verse number 19 through 31. And we're going to, again, see how well this does. And if we have to switch, that's fine. But Luke chapter 16, verse number 19 through 31. Isn't it awesome to be able to experience the presence of the Lord? I wouldn't trade it for anything. Trade him for anything this morning. Amen. Can you hear me? Okay. It's, it's fine. Okay. It's just a slight ring, JB, so if, if we can tweak it so it's not ringing demand. And JB, y'all can see if it sounds okay in the back so that they can hear me. But uh, let's try to take the ring out of it and we'll see. And if not, we'll just switch and we'll be seamless. Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 31. Of course, I honor my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I honor my wife this morning. I love her. Thank God for her. All the time. She's a real special lady. It takes a special lady to deal with a guy like me. So I love her and I thank God for her and what she what she means in my life. And I thank God for you, the people of God. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 16, verse number 19. The Bible says there was a certain rich man. Somebody shout rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and feared sumptuously every day. So he had it made, fared sumptuously every day. But the problem, saints of God, was not that he was rich. God has no problem with people being rich. The Bible never said anything about money being evil. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. So there's no problem with being rich. He even says that he gives us wealth to establish his covenant. But the next verse says, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. Many people say that Lazarus had leprosy and that he uh, had this leprosy and it made him untouchable. And he was desiring, Lori, to be fed with crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died also and was buried. And in hell, somebody shout hell. hell. He lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. Now, Lazarus is in heaven. He's in Abraham's bosom. He's in paradise. Where was Abraham by this time? Abraham had died and gone to heaven. That's where believers go. So Lazarus, somehow God allowed this rich man to see Lazarus in heaven. And uh, verse 24, he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. Funny, the same man he wouldn't talk to, same man he wouldn't help. Send him that he may dip the tip of his finger in the water and cool my tongue. 
for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime you had your good things. And likewise, Lazarus had evil things. He had a tough life. But now he is comforted and you're tormented. And besides all this between us and you, there's a great gulf fix so that which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, father, that thou wouldest just send him to my father's house. Well, if he can't come to hell and cool me down, send him to my brothers and fathers that still have an opportunity to get it right. Listen to the response, Tam. For I have five brothers that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, they had Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went that went from the dead, they will repent. If they see me come back to life, they'll believe it finally. They'll really trust you now. Listen to the response. And he said unto them, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one raised from the dead. If they didn't hear the prophets, Blanca, if they didn't hear Moses, they will not be persuaded just because somebody gets up from the dead. I want to teach this morning. Teach this morning. You want me to use? Okay. I want to teach this morning. And I want to teach with so much boldness and conviction because I never know when I'm talking to someone sharing for the very last time. Amen. Preaching and teaching is so serious. You can't play any given Sunday. You never know when this is God's last alarm clock for somebody. I want to teach, preach. It will be a teach taught lesson from this thought, a letter from hell. I want y'all to help me say, man, help me walk through this thing. But I want to talk this morning about a letter from hell. I want to start this little lesson off with a tantamount statement. And I want everyone to hear this. In hell, there are no exits. In hell, there are no exits. There are no second chances. There are no new opportunities to get it right. Anybody in here, if you're much like me, you've had occurrences to where you sort of fell down and got back up and you tripped here and there. As a matter of fact, all of us have done that because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But the reality is, is if you die and you die in your sins and you go to hell, there will be no exits. God told me this morning, he said, don't give the people a personal development message today. It's getting late in the evening. How do you know it's late in the evening? We just had an earthquake in Charlotte. I was in my practice in Dilworth this weekend. The building started to rock side to side, and we assumed that the building had been hit by a car, uh, only to notice that it was still shaking from side to side. And finally, I said, okay, guys, let's go outside and figure it out before it collapsed with us inside. Are you seeing? An earthquake in Charlotte, not California. Interestingly enough, during the week of gay pride, God sees fit to remind Charlotte that I'll tear you down just like I did New Orleans. I'll shake you up just like I've done San Francisco in the past. I will let you know that I'm God. So this morning, let's 
I go down a path of making you feel warm and fuzzy. Let me preach what preachers are supposed to preach. Let me preach fire and brimstone. Let me preach heaven and hell. Let me talk about something that's talked about maybe 1% of the time in mainstream churches. You see, most of us spend our Sundays reminding people that they're special to God. Reminding people that God's got a calling on their life. Reminding people that if they just get it right, God's going to bless them. God's going to do this. You've heard me say this before. We've talked so much about stuff on top of stuff until people are stuffed up waiting for their stuff. Spiritual constipation. They can't trust God for anything. They're so bound in their soul. They're so ready for their husband. They're so ready for their new job. They're so ready for their new house. And then they die and go to hell because you didn't deal with the truth. The truth of the matter is, there are no exits in hell. Now, I'm going to flip you through a, a few passages, but before we do that, let me exegete this text. This is what we call expository preaching. First of all, these are four realities of hell if you're writing. Number one, you will be conscious in hell. This is not a parable. Many people think the story of the rich man in this case is a parable. Every parable in the Bible never mentions someone's name. In this parable, Jesus or God actually mentions a name. He mentions the rich man and this poor man named Lazarus. Now, somebody say this rich man's name was Devies. I don't know that to be true. There's no biblical foundational for that. But we do know that Jesus was talking about actual characters in this lesson. Now, don't fall asleep on this one. This is important. Listen to what he says in verse number 24. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me and send Lazarus that he may dip his finger in a little cool water and come to my tongue because I'm tormented in the flame. There is no such thing as what we call soul rest. When you die, you go to either heaven or hell, watch this, immediately. Not later on. Not after the great white throne of judgment. I'll teach on that one day. You will be judged, but you go to hell immediately. And when you go to hell, God forbid, you will be conscious in hell. Somebody say, you will feel it. This message is designed to make you uncomfortable. If you're feeling uncomfortable, that's a plus. This message for the believer is to make you sure up your relationship with the Lord. It's make you to evaluate yourself and say, am I really right with God or am I just playing? Because when you get to hell, you will be conscious. And I know the, the big pastors, they say, oh, I'm not a fire and brimstone preacher. Well, what kind of preacher are you? What do you preach? The Bible says, Isaiah 58, cry aloud, spare not, show my people their sins. What do you preach? How come you're so quiet? Not you, the preacher. How come you're so quiet? How come nobody knows your position on certain subjects? How come you don't deal with abortion in your pulpit? Because you want their tithe. But you will be conscious in hell. Point number two, Aaron, you will remember the opportunities that you had to get it right while you were alive. You see, if you go to hell, God's going to play a video 
of August 29th, whatever today is, when you were at Kingdom Christian Church and that young ruddy preacher told you that hell was imminent. God's going to remind you that I told you I tried to get you there. I tried to stop you from going. Where do we get that from this morning? This is going to help you. Verse 25. But Abraham said, son, remember, somebody shout remember. He takes him on a journey of his life. Wow. He says, remember in your lifetime that you received good things. And you didn't treat Lazarus good. You didn't even give him something to eat. He had evil things. You saw him begging. You didn't stop to tend to your brother. Anybody ever met a mean Christian? Oh, don't get me wrong. I talk about all the bite I have, but I'm a big teddy bear. As nice as they come, man. You can't be a mean believer. Just nasty. You know, just nobody can talk to you. Nobody can get with you. Nobody can sit with you. Just a mean believer. Blows my mind. Christian and mean don't go together. The Bible says he that desires a friend must first show himself what? Friendly. So we speak to people. We shake their hand. You're kind. But Lazarus in this passage or the rich man was so mean to Lazarus. And likewise, Lazarus evil things. But now he's comforted and you're tormented. So you will remember the times when God tried to stop you from going to hell. And some people get more than one warning. Some people get multiple warnings. They hear the truth week in and week out. If you go to KCC, you hear it every week. Depending on where you go, you might get a warning every 10 years. <laughs> Pastor might say, I'm going to take a break today and talk about hell. He's taking a break to talk about hell. Usually he talks about stuff that doesn't matter. Today I'm going to take a break and deal with hell because some of y'all need to get serious. That's really how it is. That's exactly what they say. I'm not beating up on anybody. I'm just trying to help you. I'm helping you to be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. God's trying to divorce somebody away from dysfunctional thinking. You see, you will remember. But then in verse number three, you will have insight of what you could have had. Point number three, you will have insight of what you could have had. God stops time for a second. And then look at verse number 26. He allows Lazarus to peer into heaven. My God, here he is in flames, fiery, tormenting flames. And God stops time and allows him to look up and have a conversation with Father Abraham in heaven. What he could have had. What does he say? Don't get quiet. Somebody shout hallelujah. Verse number 26, and besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. So the people in heaven can't come down to you, rich man. Neither can they pass to us that would come up from you. In other words, you see the glory we have because we endured hardship as a good soldier because we didn't compromise because we showed up during games. Because we weren't trying to be the popular people, because we loved the Lord with all of our heart, because we were serious about our walk. You see our reward. But when you are seeker friendly, when you are so attuned into yourself that you didn't care anything about the cross of Calvary, you wound it up in hell. Somebody say, don't go there. But point number four, and then I'm going to flip you through some scriptures. You will have a desire to evangelize in hell. You will become one of the greatest preachers that ever lived if you go to hell. 
I'm going to show you that in the text. Melvin, this is good stuff, brother. See, Melvin likes this kind of preaching right here. This, this is the kind of stuff that the theologians like to walk through. Because, see, nobody wants to deal with the reality of this text. Let me see the hands of you if you heard this text preached in the last year. That's a tragedy. Think about it. The one text that deals specifically with the judgment of God. And most of us have not heard it preached, if we tell the truth, in the past 10 years. Because most of us have been convinced that God is an all-loving God. That there is no judgment to God. That he never gets tired of telling you the same thing. That he never gets tired of telling you come out from among them and be separate. That he never gets tired of reminding you that if you don't stop, I'm going to kill you. Walk with me. This is convicting somebody. I sense it in the atmosphere. Then he said, verse number 27, I pray thee, therefore, father, that you would send him to my father's house. What did I just tell you? You'll want to evangelize. Send the gospel to my father's house and tell them, Robin, that I have five brothers. Verse 28. And let them testify that they don't come to hell like me. Oh, I want to preach the gospel now. Please send them to my brother's house. Let me go so I can talk to them. If you don't send them, send somebody so that they'll turn it around. Doesn't that sound like the righteous church? Doesn't that sound like the church that preaches truth Sunday in and Sunday out? Trying to beg people. Paul says, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you will present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Somebody give Jesus great praise. So he has this desire, Regina, to evangelize. But it's too late for uh oh. <laughs> it's too late to have an epiphany of what I should have done. It's too late to have an, an insight, euphoric moment that I should have served the Lord with all my heart, that I should have done the things of God, that I should have gotten serious. You are talking to a man this morning that is experienced with church. I have been around church. I know the ins and outs of church. I've been in non-denominational churches. I've been in Kojic churches. I've been in full gospel churches. I've been in Baptist churches. I've been in all kinds of churches. And I have seen the rut from the inside out. And God told me to tell somebody this morning, don't you buy the lie. Don't you buy the lie that uh, all of us make mistakes. All of us fall down. All of us have troubles in life. Don't, 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 don't worry. God's still going to accept you. You know what I told the Bible study? I wonder if when Jesus comes back and finds you in that defiled bed sleeping with your girlfriend, I wonder if he's going to say, I was just joking. Come on up. I was just playing. Come on, put your clothes on. Come on up. I was joking with you. I was just joking with you when I told you to flee fornication. I was just playing. Come on up. You see, and this is why we have stopped, got to stop playing with people's lives. Oh, I love getting in a rhythm just like everybody else. I love the hoop. I enjoy it. I love having church. But every now and then, you got to take all the carnality out of the air. You see, this morning, you don't need a good hoop. In fact, you don't need a hoop every week. That makes you soulful. It makes you contingent upon what you feel as opposed to what the Bible says. And see, sometimes you leave here feeling good. 
And you were contingent upon your soul and not the truth of God's word. You didn't hear anything that was said. Nothing stuck with you. I, I remember a time as a preacher in training when we, you know, we'd be so interested in how's he going to tune up today, boy? Because, you know, we were trying to get our hoops right, too. So we said, well, this is going to be an asthmatic preacher. So he would be, and God said that he's going to make a way. And then we say, I got to adapt that style because that's real cool. Okay, but this is going to be a rhythmatic preacher. And what you got to do is uh, you got to come front and center uh, with yourself. Because uh, if you can come front and center with yourself. And we want to adapt that style because now that's real cool. Cut it out. Go back to truth. He's going to be a good Baptist preacher. And the Lord said, now, if you could just come, uh, meet me right here. Uh, I'll make a way. Uh, I'm no way. Uh, I got a witness in here. Uh, I got one witness. Uh, I got five witnesses. Oh. And you leave here. Woo! Jesus! Feeling good with no change, no substance, no conviction, no reality of hell. Somebody give Jesus praise for heaven. Oh man, and Reggie, I man, we could kill the Hammond boy. I got him this Sunday. Come on. Foot on fire. Musicians know what I'm talking about. So, this man did not go to hell because he was rich. But he went to hell because he denounced Christ. Come with me now to uh, Luke chapter 12. We're going to have fun this morning, man. <clears throat> I want to make you laugh a little bit. I want to make you cry a little bit. I want you to feel all the gambit of emotions today. Amen. I want you to come down to the altar if you've not been saved. I want you to get serious about your walk with Christ if you're strayed away. Whatever it means, I want to prove the point that heaven is better than hell. Somebody say a letter from hell. Luke chapter 12, verse number 20. But God said unto him, thou fool. Y'all see that? This night your soul shall be required of you. Then who shall your things be? And which will you have provided? So is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. God distinguishes it that it's not the problem of being rich that took the rich man out. By the way, this is a different rich man. This is a parable. This rich man right here was so stuck on storing up his stuff. He was so stuck on personal development. He was so stuck on getting his stuff back. You know, every believer knows this passage. I bet you can finish it for me. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the... That's what you've been preached. That's all we've heard. I give you power to get... Are you following me? That's called indoctrination. That's called Christianity is all about wealth. It's all about stuff. I pray you drive a Mercedes one day. That'd be great. But the fact of the matter is, in this passage, this rich man's soul was required of him that very night. I'm telling you something today. You don't know what warning God is sending you right now. 
You better hear me. I'm telling you prophetically. The Lord told me this in prayer this week. He said he's about to expose some stuff. You better hear me. He's about to bring it front and center. I'm going to show you that in scripture. God's about, if you are playing with God in this season, while I'm under the anointing, hear me. God is going to bring it front and center. You don't want to wait until he exposes you to get it right. Because see, the exposure is painful. Come on, let's walk through passages. Can I show you a few people whose soul was required of them? Bernie Mac, August 9th. 2008, this great cussing comedian, this king of comedy, this man who every other word was an F-bomb, uh, soul was required of him. August 9, 2008. Now, don't get offended. Stay with me. The reality is, listen to the prophetic message. The day he died, guess what movie he was working on? Soul Men. <laughs> My God, that ought to scare you. God was so deep into that thing. He had so programmed his date that the day he kicked the bucket, the movie he was working on was entitled Soul Man. I wonder if his soul was right before he left. That's just a wondering. Notice I didn't send him to hell. I'm just wondering based off of his fruit. And you'll know a free tree by the fruit it bears. I, I just wonder if he knew how to call on the Lord right before he took his last breath. I hope he did, because if he didn't, he's with the rich man. While we're in air condition, let's let's go a little bit further. Uh, June 25th, 2009. Oh, the king of pop. They're getting ready to sue Conrad now in September just for the king of pop. And I told the Bible study, I know all rock stars go to heaven. I know Elvis is playing the guitar in the heavenly choir, even though he was racist. I, I know. I know he's in heaven. He was a racist man. He sure was. But I know he's in heaven. And I know all the other folks who died. What's that girl's name? Left Eye or whoever else TLC was. I know they're all in heaven. Because all stars go to heaven. Notice now when Brother Michael died, Michael Jackson, he was scheduled to perform a tour entitled This Is It. You got to see the prophetic message in that. The tour was not entitled, I'm bad. <laughs> he could have got a good tour off of I'm bad, but God was so insightful. He said, I'm trying to tell Michael to come out of sin. I'm trying to tell Michael to stop touching little boys. And so I'm going to let him do a tour entitled, this is it. I hope you hear your young preacher this morning. You don't know. <clears throat> when this will be it. You don't know when the last suit you will see me ever wearing is this nice gray pinstripe with brown shoes. See, I got to make you laugh too because y'all be, golly, that was a hard day. Woo! Jesus. We can't go back to K, baby. We, gonna, we can't go to KCC this week. I just need somebody to preach my soul happy today. Not, I got to go there once a month. No, I want you to come back. Let me make you laugh a little bit. But this is serious. This is it. Okay, don't stop there, Brother Gay. Y'all remember Bruce Lee? How many of y'all had them kung fu things? Man, boy, we used to watch, yes, sir, we used to watch those tapes. And then me and my brothers would get in a fight right after. Because whatever Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee did, we were going to try it on each other. And somebody would hit the other one too hard. You ever been play fighting and all of a sudden you blinked? You were play fighting at first. 
You're like, man, I'm not playing. Seriously, stop. No, seriously, stop. Playing with you. Play too much. You hit me again. You're playing. That's how kids do. That's what we used to do. Cindy's boys do that now. They're too old for that, but they still fight. Amen. But I'm teasing them. But the reality is, we love Bruce Lee. How about he had a son named Brandon Lee? Brandon was starring in a movie called The Crow. Can I give you a plot? In his final film, as Eric Draven, a rock musician who is revived from the dead to avenge his murder as well as his fiancée's, on October 30th, Halloween, they call it Devil's Night in Detroit, this man is seen at the crime and has been beaten and raped, and his fiancée and guitarist Eric Draven was stabbed and shot and thrown out the window. And the couple were to be married the next day on Halloween. One year later, to the day, a crow, the bird representative of death, a crow taps on Eric's headstone. Eric comes out of the dead, climbs out frantically out of his grave, trembling and racked with convulsions, and Eric goes to his old apartment. Wow, but what happened to Brandon Lee while he was acting in this demonic film on March 31st, 1993? You see, they thought they had removed all the bullets out of the gun. But uh, and they thought there were only blanks in the gun. This is Bruce Lee's baby boy. And instead of there being blanks in the gun, there was one real bullet left. So when they got to the part in the movie to where they were to play his death, this was it. He got shot while filming a movie called The Crow. Demonic. See, that's why you got to be careful about what you watch. That's why you don't endorse the wickedness of Harry Potter with your children. They are, oh, oh, you went down the wrong road there, Brother Gabe. Oh, you don't endorse witchcraft. That's why you don't let everything come in your house. That's why you understand that this is a spiritual warfare. My oldest brother was in the Navy. He brought home a mask one time from Africa. And he said, Gabe, listen, man, I, I brought something home from you. And you know, my oldest brother, he's much bigger than me. I said, man, we will fight right now if you don't get that out of my house. In the next 30 seconds. I didn't tell him that. But I did tell him, seriously, Greg, I can't take that. You know why I can't take it? Because all kinds of Zumba dances have been done. And Buddha dances have been done over that mass. Spirits, spirits attack themselves to objects. If you don't believe me about Harry Potter and the rest of the wicked uh, things that they indoctrinate your kids with, remember this passage. It's in the Bible. Evil communication corrupt good manner. Then you have your child going into sorcery thinking that he can magically, and then guess what? The devil will let some of his stuff work. And it'll indoctrinate him. I'm going to teach on that. Y'all come back. You got that little flyer? Come back on Family Matters Sunday. I'm going to help you real good with that subject. You'll see that they'll start believing that witchcraft. For you know it, you've bred a little witch. Like it or not, I'm doing what pastors do. I wish I could get an amen. But Eric was killed. But the real Brandon Lee was killed, too. Are y'all still with me? Last one, January 2008. The actor Heath Ledger was found dead Tuesday afternoon in an apartment in Manhattan. According to the New York City police, some signs pointed to an accidental overdose or suicide, although there was no note found. Mr. Ledger was 28 years old. This was right after he did the acclaimed hit Broke Back Mountain. 
the homosexual hit of the year. Yes, sir. Let me tell you something. And they had it titled right, Brokeback Mountain. Somebody's going to catch that while driving home. They had the right title on it. Get mad if you want. That was the right title. Amen. They had this movie titled Brokeback Mountain, and this man dies. Right, a 28-year-old healthy boy. Nobody knows what really killed him. I wish you'd say amen. Let me tell you something. I'm not going to call names out of mercy this number this morning, but this year, because Winslow tells me not to do that. I want to help somebody. I don't want you to be so offended that you don't get it. This year in the black church, at least two major pastors died. All of a sudden. No lead into it. Nobody knows. All we know is if we look at their footage the last time they were on TV, they all prophesied their death. One pastor said, I'll be on the news pretty soon. He sure did. He said, I'll be on the news very soon. 37 days. He was on the news. Oh, yeah. He was on the news because he had died in a New York uh, uh, complex with some white powder, they say, in his pocket. And none of the stuff is really coming out because that's what the devil do, does. He will not let you know what really happened because he wants you to stay in your dysfunction. He wants you to stay in those crazy churches. He wants you to keep hearing the rock. Right before he died, he had the wicked Todd Hall to preach at his church. Shows me what spiritual state he was in. Another pastor at the funeral of Edwin Hawkins, is it? He prophesies over Edwin Hawkins' son. Y'all remember Edwin Hawkins? Very popular music artist. And gives him a false prophecy. And he says, if I be not a man of God, may I drop dead. Three weeks later, that bishop dropped dead. I wish you'd hear me this morning. This is not a game. You know why I tremble sometime behind this roster? Because if I let something come out of my mouth that God did not say, if I let something come out of my mouth that God did not utter, every night when I leave church, I go home and lay on my couch and sometimes close to tears, I say, my wife will tell you, Lord, I hope I said what I was supposed to say today. I hope I gave them what you told me to say. I know some of them will never come back to KCC again. As a matter of fact, some of you, the Lord had you come today just for this. I hope you stay. But the reality is you've been warned. Somebody say knowledge is a burden. Go back to dysfunction if you want to. It's up to you. Two major black pastors. Come with me to first Peter. Is this good to anybody besides me? Good God Almighty. First Peter chapter four. God's not playing with the church anymore. <clears throat> He's not playing with those who would play with him. He's tired of it. And I'm telling you right now, this is why we're teaching a letter from hell today. God's not playing today. You can't get up and say stuff like if I be not a man of God, may I drop dead. You might drop dead. Just two weeks ago, my secretary, she won't mind me telling you, came to me for counsel about her mother, not confidential counsel, just to talk to me. I gave her counsel on her mother. She's a saved lady. <clears throat> the, the secretary is told her some things to do. Tell her mother that would help her and where she was. And uh, she told her mother what we told her. 
all those kinds of things. It wasn't prophesying death or anything like that. We're trying to help her, try to help her get right, those kinds of things. I want to tell you this past week on Wednesday, not sickly, woman drops dead in her city. Death is imminent. The Bible says it's appointed to man once to die. You see, that's an appointment you're going to make. Or you're going to show up for that one. You're going to be there, like it or not. You might be somewhere driving on vacation and your heart just... You might just be laying in your bed, kiss your wife, thinking that you're going to get up and go to work in the morning. And that's why Stephanie and I are making a point not to go to bed angry. Sometimes she messes it up because she gets carnal. I'm more spiritual than That's not true. But uh, we really do. Seriously, don't let the sun go down on your raft, married couples and, and, and mothers and, and, and sons, because one day you might cuss them out one time too many and not wake up the next day. See, I'm OK if people leave mad at me because of the word, but I don't want you to be mad at me because I was mean to you. There's a difference. You see, you don't know, Michael, when this will be it. Come on. I hope the word is helping you, man. I'm ready for some cupcakes now. Courtney, I'm ready for that lemon cupcake, girl. I'm coming home to it. It better be good, too, because I clear I'm going to talk about you next week. I'm going to talk. That's one of our single sisters. She loves the Lord. I'm going to talk about her. If that cupcake's not good, I'm going to tease her real good next week. Courtney, what did you put in the cupcake, girl? My mouth was all twisted. You know, with lemon, you got to be careful. You can make sure that thing's not too tart. I'm just aggravating her. Y'all know I'd never do that. They say, yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. <laughs> All right. First Peter chapter four, verse 17, Willie. For the time has come that judgment must begin in the house of God. Yeah. Do y'all read what I just read? Yeah. Now, here's what I want you to write down. The righteous barely make it to heaven. Let's keep reading, Tanya. The time has come that judgment will begin in the house of God. And if it first begin with us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? So what are the sinners going to get if it's going to start right here in the church? But verse number 18, Monica, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Go with me to John 5 and 39. You see, in this passage, Peter gives us a strong lesson. He says, judgment's going to begin with those of you who know the way. It's going to begin with those of you who know better, those of you who have heard the truth. But then he also reminds us that even when you're saved, you barely make it in. We barely get to the city. Oh, I hope this is helping somebody today. I'm trying to love on you. You know, that's why I didn't call those pastors names, because some of their members actually go online. You know how many people hit Kingdom Christian Church online every week? You'd be shocked. You know how many people listen to our lessons? We get so many hits. We actually pastor people who go to other churches. They listen to us weekly. So I didn't say their names because I'm so compassionate and I don't want them to be broken and you got to meet people where they are. That's pastoral wisdom. But what I am telling you is, is you better get serious when you hear this on the Internet. This is for you. You better leave those places that are loaded with false prophecy. I'm teaching this morning. Listen to what he says in John five and thirty nine. 
This scripture baffles me, Robin. John 539. Come on, we're going to be a word church this morning. The Bible says, search the scriptures for in them ye think ye have eternal life. Stop right there. Do y'all see that? That means there are people who think that they're saved who are actually not saved. They actually believe that they have eternal life. Go a little bit further. This isn't what Gabe made up, Anthony. And they are they, and they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me that you might have real life. <laughs> Boy, this is good teaching this morning. Woo, that's good stuff. The Bible says a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. You see, there are a whole lot of people, Jonjolin, who will think that they're going to heaven. There are going to be a whole lot of people when it's all said and done who are going to be clothed in white and they think they're going through the pearly gates and the angel's going to say, hold on, wait a minute. What's your name? Oh, God. What, tell me again, John Doe. Golly, I'm trying to find you. Wait right here. Let me go check with the administrative angel. Do you know anything about John Doe coming? Oh, he punched his wife in the face. Oh, you remember you hit your wife? You got to go to hell, bro. Yeah. Oh, Remember you cuss your kids out every night and you, you shout it and you're a good deacon in your church, but you go home and cuss your kids out every night and you, you treat your wife like she was a harlot and you were real mean. And, and, you know, you prayed. I mean, you led devotion every Sunday, my brother, you know, and, you know, and you had all those kinds. Of, but you got to go to hell, man. We don't see you here. Oh, Jesus. What a devastating day. You don't have to like me this morning. This is going to help you if you take it. Listen to what he says. He says, they think they are saved. Let me tell you what people who are playing with God, they'll quote scriptures like this. Listen, you can't judge me because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They'll say stuff like this. God is still working on me. God is working on us all, but God is not working on me to stop cussing Stephanie out. Let your speech be with seasoned with salt, with grace. You see, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Can I give you an example of what I'm saying? Here you are a sinner. You're just an index card, right? So you're here. You're not saved. You might go to church. You might even be a nice person. I got a cousin who is the nicest person in the world, but he is on a fast track to hell right now. He will buy you whatever you want. Anything that money can buy, he can afford it. Trust me. He has plenty of dough and he doesn't go to anybody's job in the morning. He sells pharmaceuticals. <laughs> and he's a great businessman. He told me at the last family reunion, you know, Gabe, I'm thinking about investing in some other businesses. I said, not mine. Because <laughs> see, me and you not getting shot together. See, one day, if you don't change, we're going to preach your funeral. I, you, know, you know how they have your relatives preach all the family funerals and stuff? You don't get born again. Glenn and I are going to be doing your eulogy. You follow me? So I don't want your money. I don't need your, your investment. But we can sit down and eat at the family reunion. I'm not going anywhere else with you. You're an index card. You're not safe. I'm not judgmental. You're not safe. But then, guess what happens, Aaron? You come over here. This is one kind of creation. It's a flimsy index card. Monica, when it gets saved, it becomes a book. Now, 
you are now born again. Here's what I want to ask you. Can you be an index card in a book at the same time? Y'all didn't catch that. Can you be a cousin sleeping around doing all kinds of things and love Jesus at the same time? See, if you get born again, you will go through a process of sanctification where God takes some stuff off you. But you most certainly will be able to say, things I used to do, I don't do anymore. My time's almost out this morning. I hope I hope this has helped somebody. But this is what we call ignorance is bliss. You meet people today and they say stuff like, well, you can't judge me or I'm not going to judge that man. You ask our young people, what do you think about homosexuality? Well, I can't judge them. I got my own stuff. That's called being evasive of truth. Listen, listen to what the Bible talks about, about evasive. Write this down. Ignorance is the quickest way to hell. Come with me to Isaiah chapter five. Oh, I love it this morning. Ignorance is the quickest way. See, there'll be some people who will try to tell God in judgment. I didn't know. They will try to tell God, I had no idea. You know, God's going to say, well, di you know, didn't you hear the commercial on uh, 100.9 about somebody promoting the agenda of Jesus Christ? You didn't hear that commercial? Didn't you see on Facebook somebody who was standing for the sake of the cross? You didn't. I'm not just endorsing KCC. I'm endorsing Christianity. Didn't you hear about somebody who was telling the truth, trying to help you, disciple you, make you better? But you denounced it. Ignorance is the quickest way to hell. Isaiah chapter 5. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. The Bible says, Isaiah Melinda 5 and 13, Therefore, my people are going into captivity because they have no knowledge. Whew. Do y'all see that? My people have gone into bondage because they have no knowledge. Why do they have no knowledge? Because they won't be like the Bereans and read for themselves. Because they take anything that a pastor or bishop says. My bishop told me if I want to shack until I get married, it's okay. You can't talk about my bishop. And I talked about the pastors who died this year, but I didn't talk about the bishops who were indicted this year. You see, you can die two different ways. You can die physically and God can strip you of the anointing. I wish KCC would let the Internet know that Jesus is Lord. I didn't talk about that. I didn't talk about the pastors with the little boys. I didn't talk about the pastors who went to jail for tax evasion. I didn't talk about how God says, if I ever take my hands off you. Somebody give Jesus praise. I sense, I sense him in his room. Talking to a brother, he said, well, you know, I love my bishop. He went to jail. And, uh, you know, well, God sent Paul to jail and he sent Peter to jail. I said, let me tell you the difference. Paul and Peter went to jail for the sake of the gospel. Your bishop went to jail for breaking the law. There are two different things. The Bible says obey the law of the land. Pay your taxes. Wesley Snipes would still be acting today if he paid his taxes. You don't like me. So the quickest way to hell is ignorance. 
I'm still teaching with compassion. Therefore, my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dry up with thirst. Let me tell you what God is doing, drying some places up. He's not playing anymore. He's putting them in foreclosure. Come on, Crystal Cathedral. He's drying folks up. He's not joking around. Look at PTL. When you have a free day, drive down 485 and look at what they used to be. God will dry you up. When God takes his hand off, you don't stop there. So he's drying them up. Therefore, what are we talking about this morning? Hell. The Bible says in verse 14, therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he that rejoices shall descend therein and the mean men shall be brought down and the mighty man shall be humbled and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. You see, when you get to hell. It won't matter if you had a Ph.D. When you get to hell, it won't matter if you were an M.D. I hope you hear me. This isn't just for the pastors. This is for you. You get to hell, it won't matter if you were a successful entrepreneur. You get to hell, it won't matter if you were a bishop over 20,000. You get to hell, it will not matter how much you had in your mutual fund. God is going to bring you down. And then Hosea 4 and 6, and my time is out, but my people uh, are perished or destroyed because of a what? Lack of knowledge. We are in a time of the coexist movement. That is the vague God. That is the many gods or many paths to one God. We all believe the same God. The yin and the yang go together. The Muslim goes together with the uh, Buddhists and the Christian. And we all believe the same thing. Yet Christianity, thank you, uh, Sister Stephanie, sweetie. Christianity is the only belief system that claims exclusivity. We are the only belief system, Keisha, that says Jesus is the only way, the truth and the light. No man gets to the Father but by me. So I'm sorry, Oprah, I can't believe your doctrine of many paths to one God. I'm sorry, I can't believe that God is just some lofty character to where no matter how you live, you're going there. No matter what you do, you're going there. No matter who you cuss out, you're going there going to get to heaven you got to change your mindset go with me to Matthew 25 and 30 somebody shout hallelujah are you still with me is the grace still in the room to teach I hope you've not fallen asleep on me yet see this is the good stuff this is the big boy teaching this teaching is for the saint that is either mature or wants to be made mature see everybody in the room today has had an opportunity to say ouch Every one of us, including the pastor. You know, when I said ouch, I said ouch when I reminded myself that if I ever forget God, just like every other bishop, just like every other pastor, God will judge me. So when I said that, I said ouch. I hope you said ouch today. Come with me to Matthew 25 and 30. I want to be a balanced teacher, but listen to what God will do with people who are unprofitable. The Bible says, uh, verse number 28, as a matter of fact, take therefore the talent from him and give it to him which has 10 talents. Let me prophesy to KCC. This is why we're growing so fast. God is transitioning the talents. You better hear me this morning. This is the church right here. I would make no apologies about saying that. God, John, you were right last week. It's going to be rapid increase. Yesterday was a test for us. To see if we would show up when it counted. 
to see if when gay pride came, we would be scared like the other ones or we would show up and wear those red shirts. And while some of them shouted railings against us, some of us looked at us, Cindy, with mean looks. You could see the devil in them. My wife went to give one sister a flyer. She said, no, that was a demon. It wasn't her talking. Her voice can't even have those inflections. Is what they did with Jesus. When he would come, they would say, no, why'd you come to persecute us? Demons talk. We are that church where it will be the house of pain. Where somebody is ready to really be delivered and they know that there's a church with an intercessory prayer team that has been fasting and praying and laying before God. And those legions that are in them, they can come down the aisle and say, help me. Because my bishop couldn't cast it out. Because instead of fasting and praying, he was in Martha's vineyard most of the time. So he says, take the talents, give it to the one. Verse 29, for everyone that hath shall be given and he that has abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he has. And here it is. Somebody shout hell. Cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Nothing comfortable about hell. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse John 15 and 6. Come on, my time is up because I want to get to this next stage. Come on. I hope you're with me this morning. John 15 and 6. Come on, I got to teach this thing because somebody here this morning, I'm talking to you. It's time to give your life to the Lord. I'm talking to you. It's time to get serious with the Lord. Listen to what he says. He talks about being the true vine in John chapter 15. We don't have time to read it all. But verse number six, if a man abide not in me, somebody shout the sinner. He is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into fire and they are burned. Well, I've proven the point that outside of God, the only place you have is hell. My final point, Matthew 7. So, Brother Gabe, after all of that teaching this morning, and after all that compassion, how do I avoid going to hell? How do I avoid being another pseudo-Christian? You know what a pseudo-Christian is? Somebody who's faking it. Somebody who looks like a believer. Oh, Reggie, help me teach this, man. And some of you musicians, John, oh, man, I have seen some folks, boy, they can do a two step to make you want to shout. But if you see their lifestyle, they want a bit more of that shout than the man on the moon. Right after service, talking to another man's husband, another a woman's husband, right after church, no conviction. No seriousness. And let me go ahead and tell you, let me make an announcement. This this will be real helpful. If we find out that that's going on, you're as good as sitting down. Amen. This this amen. This is not that church. <clears throat> amen. Paul said, mark them which cause divisions. Amen. So if you want to be one of those people and you want to play around with it, you know, and we know you're doing it. Yet you want to lead people. Yet you want to you want to bring folk in you get serious with the Lord. You're not that gifted. We're not that talented. I'm not that gifted. 
I thank God for the musicians. I'll never forget. We were interviewing a musician. And I'm going to read this last passage. And oh, he was so he was a talented brother. He could play. You never met him. I'm not talking about Eric or anybody who's been here. He never even got past the talk. So you never met him. Amen. But I was interviewing with him and he said, Pastor, I just need to be real honest with you. The church grows because of the music. It does not grow because of teaching and preaching. The last church I was at, by the time I got there, was busting at the scene. I heard that great prophet Donald Trump in my head. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Even before you're hired, you're fired. Great prophet. He taught us how to fire people. <laughs> Wonderful. I like him because, you know, he'll talk with you about 10 minutes knowing he's going to fire you. Did you do what you were supposed to do? To, yeah, I like the apprentice. Did you? Okay. You know what, Yonka? You're fired. <laughs> I like that guy. You got to fire people sometimes. So um, he, and then he, he texts me back and said, if you need me Sunday, I can come. I said, no, we'll be all right. Thank you. Thank, thank you now. Y'all remember that? Thank you now. Somebody shout, you're fired for the internet. Come on, you're fired. Amen. So Matthew 7 and 13. Thank God John's and the rest are not like that. Just good hearted people. Matthew 7 and 13 and Eric and the rest. Enter ye the straight gate for wide is the great. Somebody shout. This is how I get to heaven. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go thereat because straight is the gate. And narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find. You know what I want to ask you this morning? Are you going to be one of the few that find it? Let me make a statement that is backed up by biblical truths. There will be more people in hell than there will in heaven. Stand to your feet. Hope the word has met you where you are. I hope that uh, God has spoken to your heart. Now, this is a real serious moment. John is just going to play something for us real soft. 